Is this one on too? Thank you very much. Uh, next up, we have. Uh, well, let me actually make a couple quick uh, comments, which we didn't get out this morning. Um, for people that want to follow along online on the back channel, we have the Libra Planet IRC channel on Freenode, uh, and we also uh, have, of course, the LibraPlanet.org wiki. And for anybody that feels so inclined, if you want to keep any of your notes about any of these talks right up on the wiki on your user page or anywhere else, that would be great and helps us build a, something lasting that comes out of this conference. Uh, next, I want to welcome uh, Benjamin Mako Hill, who is a board member of the Free Software Foundation, has been an important part of the autonomous working group that's been looking at free network services, and has been a really key influence for free software on a lot of projects like Debian and Ubuntu and the free culture community. So let me welcome Mako, who's going to talk about free network services. Okay. All right. Well, well, Matt's well, Matt's setting that up. Um, I'll just say that uh, let me apologize in advance for my, my voice and maybe any, any sluggishness. I, I managed to, of course, come down with a, a cold, uh, a pretty bad cold in the last couple of days and a sinus infection. So I'm a little I'm a little off, but I'll uh, I'll try my best. Um, all right. So in any case, uh, uh, last year, I mean, so so it might be good for me to get an idea. Who, who here was, who here was at the FSF members meeting last year and saw that. Okay, so uh, actually, uh, most, maybe most, but not everyone, um, uh, maybe a little more than half. So so last year I gave a talk about um, uh, software freedom and network services, and I I did it the day before the FSF sort of convened the meeting of a uh, handful of people. Who, uh, who, who here was at that the meeting the next day? A few people? I see two, three, four, a few people um, who, who were there. Um, to talk about sort of software freedom and network services and sort of what it means. So, so um, what I'm going to do first is for for those of you who weren't here last year, or haven't been following this, I'm going to try to pretty quickly sort of summarize uh, uh, that process and how we sort of went 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 through it and talk a little bit about sort of why this is something that the FSF is interested in, at least sort of to, to make sure we all have that sort of uh, uh, sort of uh, grounding. And then what I'll do is I'll sort of introduce. Uh, uh, basically, our activities in the last year. Uh, uh, so, so what the FSF and this sort of group of people who are uh, around the FSF have been working on and thinking about uh, freedom and network services. So, I'll talk about anonymous, and I'll talk in particular about this uh, uh, a document called the Franklin Street Statement on uh, uh, Software Freedom and Network Services, which is not an FSF document, but it is a uh, um, uh, an attempt at uh, sort of getting a First, uh, making a first stab at describing what what we think might be uh, qualities or guidelines to think about in terms of uh, software freedom and network services. And then what I'll do is I'll talk a little bit about um, uh, so an ongoing conversation that, that uh, we've been having in, inside the FSF about uh, about the Franklin Street Statement, about freedom and network services, and about what we think uh, uh, where we think we go, we're going. So this is a little bit um, it's a little bit uh, premature in the sense that. Uh, the FSF hasn't sort of made an explicit statement on this, so this is stuff that could change and stuff that we're still thinking through. But uh, hopefully, uh, by talking to all of you uh, today and then tomorrow, in the uh, as we sort of uh, move into sort of the more unconference space, we can actually move forward to some of these conversations, and and uh, uh, we can actually help refine our thinking on this uh, this topic and uh, help help uh, make real progress. So. Uh, uh, First things first, you guys. Still work? All right, yeah, you, you, you keep going. It's fine. Um, so, 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 uh, I don't, I don't need it for a while, probably. So, um, 
in any case, so so the 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 first the, to, to sort of throw down some sort of context here. Um, the of course uh, uh, there's been a lot of talk in the free software community around network services, and this is in part because there's there's been uh, uh, rapid and I, I won't say unprecedented growth, but uh, there's been a rapid growth in the use of uh, network services in general, sort of, and, and a shift towards centralized computing. Now, now um, we might say this is un- unprecedented because certainly these types of network applications are, and I'll give you know um, um, the type, but but uh, uh, the, we've. Uh, Craig and Siddiker describes this uh, great pendulum of computing, where the idea was we start, you know, you, you work uh, as first mainframes, you know, and then you move to mini computers, and then you had, you know, uh, uh, you know, like terminals and sort of this is back and forth. But we're, we're moving into a place with where where uh, an increasingly large number of applications that we use do not run on the, our computers, and um, you don't have to look far to see this. If you look at um, if you look at if you look at uh, what people, I mean, there, there are some of these. I guess they're kind of spyware companies that sort of like monitor everything that people do on their computers, and then they can tell us uh, with some degree of accuracy what people are doing. What people are doing when they use their computers these days frequently is interacting with web applications, and frequently with a very small number of applications. Right? People spend a lot of time on Google and a bunch of its um, uh, its products. People spend a huge amount of time on Facebook and MySpace, um, eBay, with I think around four percent Wikipedia with. Uh, about half a percent of all time spent online. And this time spent online is an increasingly large fraction of the time that people spend with their computers, right? So when people are computing, right, when they're using software, they increasingly frequently are using network software. They're using software that uh, they don't have access to. They're using software that doesn't run on their computer. They're using software that they can't change, that they can't use, that they can't control. Um, and of course, that's a relevant, that's a relevant point for people that care about software freedom, because uh, it, it 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 marks a uh, it marks a an important um, shift in the pow- in the power relationships that users have with their computers and with their software. So so um, the other thing that's worth noting is that there's a shift between a bunch of applications which have historically been done offline, right? So sometimes this is called software as a service, right? This idea that that a lot of software that um, uh, so uh, that people used to run. Um, on their own computers, they're now able to uh, connect to a website and run the same application. So, for example, people are using instant messaging systems. They used to install clients on their own computer, and now now they just go to Mebo.com or one of these uh, websites and use it that way. And this is inc- an increasingly uh, common way for a lot of people to use it. So, so um, I mean, Google Docs, if people have used that, is another example of something that does this. Although it also offers some cooperation features and collaboration features that aren't in existing systems. Um, so in any case, uh, this represents an important shift in power relationships between users and their software for uh, a variety of reasons. Um, uh, it, 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 a shift towards more centralized services for software represents um, a shift in control over software in some important ways. It represents um, a shift in control of one's private data. Uh, if one is running software that runs on their own computer, they have control of their own data, right? No one has access to their data. If you're running software that runs on someone else's computer, then that person controls your data in ways that you don't even. Um, and in many cases, when people are using network network services, their their data data that um, um, is is often data that not all, that they don't even have access to all the time. Um, uh, uh, and and as we use these services for for more you know more 
for a variety of services, one sort of democratic processes, one's market environment, one sort of technological environment, all control over all of these aspects insofar as they're mediated by the technology that we're using become, become controlled by the people who are running that software. And as that software is increasingly not run by us, it, we, are, we, the users of software, are, in, are uh, increasingly disempowered. So uh, this, of course, is where free software comes in because from my perspective, and I, I say this almost every time I talk about free software, but um, 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 I think it's important to remember, it's important for, for me to remember, I think it's important for a lot of us to remember that free software um, is about, um, and, and the reason it's different than open source, for example, is because it's about, it's about power and it's about control and it's about autonomy, right? It's... Um, the 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 uh, the example I, I give and um, the example I like to give is, is is this idea of sort of a communication technology that all technology has particular affordances that all technology works in particular ways. If I want to send a message to someone the, and I want to use my phone, right, I may be able to send a particular message. If I can type a text message, it's going to be short. If I can send a picture, it's going to be I don't know. It's going to it's it's going to involve a different message, right? That every technology that we use has particular affordances, right? And those affordances determine really quite explicitly what we can say, who we can say how we can say it, who we can say it to, right? It's, it's technological control is hugely important to determining the way that we can communicate. And insofar as our lives are increasingly mediated by technology, our, um, our, our experience is under control of the people who control our software. And that's why control is important. And that's why it's an important, uh, and, and that's why this is an important question. Now, in the context of network services, in the context of network services, um, uh, What's interesting is that in, in, in some cases, the, um, it seems like we, as we use the software very differently, even though we may continue to have access to source code, things are more complicated because, because the issues of control um, haven't changed. So, excuse me. All right. So in any case, the, the, um, I don't know what's going on up here. But uh, 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 in any case, the, the, the first thing that the FSF did, um, and I'm st still working through sort of giving a little bit of background and context, the first thing that the FSF um, uh, sort of noticed that, 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 that this issue, this issue that I've talked about in terms of, uh, user, in, in terms of user control, wasn't even the, our, our only problem. And in some cases, it wasn't the most obvious, or at least not the most obvious to fix, this problem in relation to user control over network services. The first, the, the, the first and most obvious um, issue, as people increasingly began to use free software to, to take free software programs, uh, um, uh, free free software, especially software under the GPL, and use it under um, and use it in these network services, was that copyleft, right? This thing which has um, this this concept in a very important part of the GPL, which has led to a really um, uh, thriving free software community, kind of stopped working in the context of lots of network services. Um, um, and, and, and the reason and the reason this happened was was uh, was pretty simple. It was that the GPL requires that um, um, source is uh, source for software. Source for software is, is distributed with software, um, but that 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 implies that the software is itself distributed, right? So people can um, download and modify it, and and people can download and modify pieces of free software. And if they never distribute the software, then then, then they never have to distribute. Then they never have to distribute the changes to their software. Now, now, now this now early on. Now, up until reasonably recently, this was a this was this was a sort of there was a convenient. Um, uh, it, it it was convenient that using software in almost all cases meant 
uh, uh, that if you were able to use software, it's because you had software. But as people move towards sort of network, network services, as people become more connected, then it's no longer necessary to necessarily have the piece of software that you want in order to run it. You just All you need is a web browser. You go somewhere, um, um, and, and you never need to have the software. The result was that people that, that people who wanted to um, could, could take uh, pieces of free software, they um, GPL software. They could download them. They could um, um, they could modify them, and then they could distribute. And then they could uh, uh, set them up on a website. And they would never have to provide modified versions of the source code to their users or to the larger sort of community of users and developers, right? So this was the first. This was this was um, a problem that was recognized. Must have been six or seven years ago. Um, I guess in the first in the first version, uh, the first time. And um, initially, uh, Henry Poole and uh, Bradley Kuhn worked to release a version of. Uh, I guess we can go go back. Yeah. So so to release a version of the of a license called the the Afero General Public License. Um, uh, in 2002, so I guess it was six years ago, um, and which basically said that any modified uh, AGPL web, uh, uh, web service, um, uh, that any user of one of these modified uh, applications would, sh- should have access to the source code. So um, uh, 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 simple enough. Um, this was eventually sort of, uh, uh, there were plans to sort of incorporate it into the GPLv3. Eventually, uh, the decision was made to incorporate it into a, into a um, basically to, to continue keeping it in a separate license, the uh, Afero General Public License. But the FSF sort of took over stewardship of the license, released this. Uh, uh, I guess I, I talked about this at the last members meeting, so it must have been uh, within um, uh, about two years ago. Uh, released the license. Um, and then also when the GPLv3 came, uh, was released, it involved a compatibility clause. So the people who'd released applications under the GPLv3 would be able to, um, you know, uh, uh, take code and either put it under the AGPL or they were able to use GPL libraries from, uh, from, from AGPL applications. So that's, um, uh, uh, this has been, this has been successful for, for a whole, for a whole set of reasons. Um, uh, it solved this problem that developers' desires are respected. So when people um, release uh, code and expect people to contribute back, that's respected. It meant that the community gets to improve their um, that the community gets to improve their software, and it, pe- and it means that people aren't uh, discouraged from releasing code with the idea that someone can just take it and put it into a proprietary network service. So these are all very good things. But unfortunately, and this is sort of worth uh, reiterating, it became increasingly clear to uh, people in the to a number of people in the free software community and in the FSF that the um, HGPL and similar approaches only addressed sort of the the, the smaller and, and and in some cases the the, the least important the, the not the least the, the 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 less important half of the problem with uh, of, of network services. Um, um, this goes back to sort of how I introduced this, right? Because even even with accessible source code, right, the users of Many network services remain far from free. Um, users can still control their computing in um, uh, uh, can, can still may still not control their computing in many situations. That having access to the sort and, and a couple examples can illustrate can illustrate this, right? Um, um, if I, having access to the source code for Google or Facebook doesn't actually help anyone very much. Um, uh, because because you don't have access to the server farms necessary to run it. More importantly, you don't have access to the data necessary to to make it work. And even if you did have access to the data necessary to make something like certainly something like Facebook work, your friends would all uh, uh, would not be using it. Um, so 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 there, there's a whole set of complicated issues around um, um, around what freedom might mean in these situations. Because the typical methods that we've used, the sort of release the source code and will be free, seem to not work, or at least not work as cleanly in at least some of these situations. And the result, and, 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 the, and the, the, 
the, the, the situation is sort of complex. We've sort of taken this idea that users should be able to control their computing, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, nice, it's a nice statement. Um, but, but, but it ends up being complicated in the world of network services, right? So, so, sure, one can control one's computing if it's on one system. All right, that makes sense. But, but, but what does it mean for Wikipedians to control Wikipedia's computing? Right? What it, what is uh, one's computing in the context of a large aggregate sort of work? What is um, um, in, in in services where where the whole the whole benefit is that you have the sort of network effect? What does it mean for an individual user to have control over that service? Right? Um, what does it mean in terms of everyone in terms of everyone else? Who does Facebook belong to? Who does Wikipedia belong to? Is the source enough? Source and data, et cetera, et cetera. Right? It's a, it's it's kind of it's a it's a funny situation because um, in a weird sense, although we're sort of, the, the free software community is is sort of famous, it's this for it's this sort of archetypical example of 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 uh, a sort of collaborative community, right? Um, our methods have been very sort of highly individualistic. And when it comes to works that don't belong to a single person, maybe but belong to everyone else, we actually don't really know what to do um, in some situations. So. That's sort of that, that's sort of that's sort of where I left off last year. I guess it was kind of a uh, uh, funny place to leave off. Uh, it's like, yeah, there's this big problem. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it'd be nice if we could solve that. So, um, uh, and uh, I and I wish I could report that we'd solved it all, but I think that I can report that we've made some progress. Um, um, so, so the day after, I mean, it was kind of funny. Uh, I, gave, I gave the talk sort of 24 hours early uh, on, on network services last year because the day after, we took a bunch of people who'd come here for the members meeting um, and who'd sort of, it was people who'd been uh, 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 writing about or thinking about network services and sort of uh, um, um, spending a lot of time in this space. Um, uh, and, and, and who were sort of free, free software advocates and who were um, interested in software freedom and thinking about these issues. Uh, um, um, when we brought them together, we, we sort of we sort of said, "All right, let's let's think through these issues." And one of the things that we did was we actually took a big um, a big list of, uh, of of examples of applications, examples that we thought were pretty good examples, like uh, so, like Wikipedia, that's a good, uh, or Facebook, or Gmail, or something. Like that. And we sort of talked through what we thought the issues were, why we thought those issues existed, and sort of worked um, worked from there. Um, uh, uh, the group is called Autonomous, um, and uh, I guess it's, it's up there. You can see it. It's spelled with a dot. It's, it's a URL. It's kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a Web20 thing. Uh, but, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, but Autonomous, because we wanted to focus, uh, start talking about what it meant to, to, what autonomy meant in this space. What autonomy for a group means, what autonomy for a network service means. Um, um, how can we sort of think through these sort of issues? And um, what's, import what's important to sort of point out, and I think that... Uh, uh, um, is that uh, is that is that the, the, it's worth pointing out that this this is sort of a group of people um, um, who are all sort of very sympathetic to the idea of software freedom and network services, but who are not. Um, I mean, I mean, there, there were uh, uh, Henry Poole and I were sort of involved. We're on the board of the FSF, um, but it wasn't. It's not an. It's, it's it's not an FSF project per se. And I should say that also because I'm sort of standing up here and as a uh, at least in whatever capacity I, I, I can represent the the FSF. Um, you know, I should make make it clear that autonomous is not is not the FSF, but it's an interesting model um, uh, of of one of the ways that the FSF is trying to approach uh, approach sort of this difficult issue. And I think it's it's kind of an interesting idea there as well, because the FSF has of course traditionally been this organization that sort of speaks uh, very uh, 
thinks along, uh, uh, you know, internally talks about and thinks about uh, very difficult uh, um, and issues related to sort of freedom, and then sort of speaks and says, "Yes, this is." I mean, like defines this is what free software is, right? Successfully, and I think with um, uh, pretty important sort of results, and says these are the licenses that people should use. So. Um, uh, Autonomous was an organization which was sort of created outside the FSF, although sort of with um, FSF support, because the idea was is that we didn't feel that we had, um, uh, unlike uh, issues of software freedom, what software freedom means, where the FSF thinks we actually have a pretty good idea of what that means. Like we made, made the term off, so. Uh, 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 but I but, uh, have a pretty good idea of what it means. We, we don't, um, because we weren't sure, we decided to work outside, to work with a broader community than usually works on these things, and to sort of um, provide a space um, on, a, on a different website, autonomous.autonomo.us, uh, um, which is a blog where people have uh, posted uh, uh, basically articles um, uh, and a couple podcasts thinking and talking about network services, um, may, all of which I think inform the FSF sort of decision-making on this issue, but, but um, some of which even, I mean, there were just important disagreements um, among, among the group of people who are sort of posting there, um, uh, which I think is sort of an interesting model for the FSF to pursue because it's a way of sort of uh, uh, thinking out loud outside of the organization with the idea being that it can inform those sort of decision-making. So we're going to sort of, uh, uh, so, so I'll talk a little bit about what Autonomous do, uh, uh, has done first, and then I'll come back and uh, give you a preview of uh, what the FSF is doing with what Autonomous has been doing. So um, uh, the first, uh, the first, and the, the the most important outcome of the autonomous meeting, and I think of, of autonomous in the first year, was this document called the Franklin Street De- Declaration uh, on Freedom and Network Services. I believe is the full name. Um, and I've sort of put it up here. We can go through it uh, uh, pretty quickly. Um, uh, the idea was basically a set of guidelines, um, and of course these are these are not. FSF policy, the FSF has not endorsed the Franklin Street Statement, um, uh, but has uh, certainly uh, uh, thought a lot about it, and uh, I can, I'll show you where that's sort of gone. But the basic idea was, was uh, uh, this is, I've got the whole document up here, it's, 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 it's uh, uh, a set of guidelines for developers, service providers, and users of network services that sort of uh, is supposed to give uh, a, a set of ideas of what we think good practices are. This was sort of the consensus of the group. We didn't agree on everything, but these are the things we did agree on. Um, one was the, 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 the first group we sort of spoke to was developers, and we suggested that developers use the um, uh, AGPL, the, the Afero G, uh, General Public License, um, and I think we could probably change that to be or uh, an, another license that uh, has the same effect. I don't, I don't know of one. But um, a, des- a license designed specifically for network service software to ensure that users of services have the ability to examine the source and implement their own services. Um, uh, developers, we also encourage to, uh, um, uh, to, to develop, to make freely licensed alternatives to existing popular non-free network services, right? Um, and then uh, um, uh, also very important, to develop software that can replace centralized services and data storage with distributed software and data deployment, giving control back to users. This idea being that even in a world that, 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 that with many network services, if you're still dependent on someone else to run your application for you, you are inherently in less control of your own excuse me, of your own computing than if, than if you, you are running your software. So um, in many cases, uh, how do we, you know, uh, uh, it, it, we, we can say you might want to run, uh, uh, you might want to run uh, an alternative to a network service. Uh, we, we can tell a user that they might want to consider running an alternative to a, to a network service. So, for example, if they're uh, running Mebo as their IM client, we say might, maybe you want to download Pigeon and use that instead. Uh, 
freely available um, alternative, which does the same, uh, which does the same thing. Uh, uh, hard to do for a, you know, we can't say download the Facebook application and use that instead of having to use the website, right? Uh, but but maybe if we think about how one might develop an application that, that does that, and there'll be some some discussion about that later this afternoon, um, then we can uh, then we can make that statement. So that's an important um, way forward. Uh, we asked service providers. We also spoke to service providers, the second group. Um, we asked them to choose free software for their service. Um, uh, fair enough. To release customizations of their software under a, under a free software license. Um, again, uh, sort of uh, just being good community members. To make and, and also to make data and works of authorship available to the services users under terms uh, and in formats that allow users to move and use their data outside the service. Basically, this means that users should um, have control of their private data and that um, uh, data that's available to everyone should be available to everyone under terms that allow them to use it and reuse it. Um, uh, what this means is, of course, that, uh, uh, is that, it, is that a, a service provider who releases a service in this way will allow any user of the service to sort of fork, in a sense, right, if they become bad or if they decide to uh, change or if they just... just can no longer run the service, then presumably uh, uh, anyone, any 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 user or an, uh, could could become a service provider themselves. They'd be able to take their own data um, and and publicly available data and reproduce it elsewhere. So uh, these were our recommendations to service providers. And then finally, our recommendations for users were to first consider very carefully whether to use software on someone else's computer at all. Right. So this is what I was. Uh, uh, alluding to earlier that the choice of whether to use a network service is an important one, and if it's possible, um, you should use a free software equivalent that runs on your own computer. Um, uh, and then uh, also uh, pointed out that uh, in deciding to use a network service, look for services that sort of uh, try to use services that are working more towards supporting the free software community uh, and uh, uh, respecting user freedom and these sorts of ideas. So. That, that was the Franklin Street Statement. Um, it was endorsed by uh, quite a number of people um, and, and uh, was an important sort of step forward, I think, in terms of, the, in terms of uh, being really explicit about what, what, what we think software freedom might be now um, for, in, in the realm of network services. Now, the FSF has been, uh, uh, internally, the FSF uh, has been thinking about this for a while um, and, um, and uh Considering sort of how, how it wants to move forward with it, and uh, we've been actually working on um, a draft uh, of a document which is actually uh, built very uh, uh, built very explicitly on on uh, the the Franklin Street statement, um, but that uh, sort of um, I think I'd like to say improves, but sort of uh, adds to it uh, adds to it in in a, in a couple important ways, and I can talk about that. So I should also say that this is of course not not FSF policy. It's just sort of a, but it's a window into our sort of thinking, and uh, I hope that uh, I hope that it's also an invitation to uh, speak to, to speak with myself and with uh, uh, other other um, you know the other the other FSF board members and other and uh, uh, other um, and, and staff at the FSF about about uh, about uh, this policy and about how we should be thinking about this going forward. So. Um, uh, 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 <coughs> excuse me. Uh, so, so the, the the first and most important thing that we were um, uh, thinking about uh, uh, that we've been uh, discussing is the idea that that, um, that, there, that there really are different classes of network services, and that's something that was that was uh, implicit in the Franklin statement as well, right? Um, you say consider using a, a different ones, but but what are the factors that one might consider? And the most important distinction between different types of applications was uh, uh, was was one that uh, uh, was this idea between what was sort of we're calling and many other people have called sort of software as a service and other types of network applications. So, so software as a service, of course, is um, is 
uh, uh, at least as, as, as we're explicitly referring to it, meaning this practice is sort of providing substitutes for software that runs on a user's computer with software that runs on a server. This is that, uh, the, in many ways, this is the sort of easiest class of, of uh, the, the easiest class of network services to deal with, because these really are just applications that uh, that one can choose to either run locally or one that can choose to run uh, remotely. And if one uses to run them remotely, they, are, um, they will be, even if it is free software, um, even if they have access to the data, they will be inherently disempowered. Um, uh, um, so, so uh, uh, our uh, so 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 what, what we're by, by breaking it up into the suits, we can we can deal with them separately. Um, um, uh, it's important to note that that uh, what that uh, that, that for example things like search engines or Wikipedia um, or Facebook for that matter are not software as a service in the sense that in, in the way that we are using the term, um, um, but they are network services. So so we're, so we're referring to them as a sort of subset. Um, um, by, but by dealing with <coughs> Um, and the reason we do this is because that there are sort of very, very important practical and ethical implications of software as a service, um, is service in particular. Um, so, so our first recommendation is going to be that um, for software as a service, the situation is pretty clear. Users who want to live in freedom should, um, uh, must, uh, reject any use of software as a service. If the, yeah, um, if the program is free software, then the um, software being uh, run is under the service provider's control, but it's never under the user's control. So users should reject that. Um, and uh, where possible, they should uh, develop or release free software to do the same jobs as the programs that are offered um, only as software as a service, right? Um, if it were free software, then this is pretty easy. We can just download it and sort of uh, distribute it. So be really clear on that sort of distinction. That was the first sort of step. And then um, uh, the, 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 second, the second two things that we're doing is, um, one, prioritizing those different actions. The Franklin C statement is this list of um, things that we think people should do, but, the, but, but uh, um, I mean, our, as we've thought about this, not everything on that list is sort of equally important, or more importantly, it's not equally um, uh, applicable to all situations. So, being really ex- so, so, so we, we had sort of two goals going forward. One is to prioritize these different um, types of actions, right? Um, to say, this is, so for example, in software in the service, in situations where someone is talking about software in the service, it's it's, it's more straightforward. Um, um, we can be really explicit there. And the second the second thing we can do is to be is to make it really clear why certain actions are possible. So so the frankly statement says do this, do this, do this, but it doesn't actually sort of connect those those uh, actions to the real freedom benefits that people are going to be sort of uh, 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 reaping from this potentially, right? So we've been really explicit about that so we can understand both what what doing these things, like, you know, releasing stuff under the AGPL does, but also so we can understand what it doesn't do. Because, of course, you know, uh, uh, there are real limits to, to, ev- to everything in that list. So... Um, we can say, for example, that uh, uh, most network services do not fall into the category of software as a service, so rejecting them outright is not necessary for maintaining your freedom. However, the, these services can potentially have other problems. Uh, the most reliable way to prevent these problems is to avoid the need for a common service. service. So uh, we recommend the developers first uh, develop software that can replace network, uh, centralized network services and data storage with distributed uh, software and data development. So again, uh, uh, something uh, coming from the Franklin Street statement um, but we also point out that uh, users who carry out network services, uh, that, 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 um, that uh, service providers can take, can, can take these, can take steps to, um, 
to reduce some of the problems raised by network services and to help support free software communities. This is, of course, most of what the, the AGPL does. Is it supports free, free software communities who are helping build, uh, application, uh, helping build applications by being more cooperative and collaborative and which can help uh, give competitive advantages to the services which are, which are going to be more free and going to empower users uh, to, 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 build, to build things. So we can say, so we can do things like recommend the use of the AGPL and um, uh, uh, recommend that people develop and uh, release freely licensed alternatives. Um, uh, and then we can, of course, uh, ex- explicitly sort of point out that those that there that there are some there's a, there's a class of recommendations which are uh, in the in the in the Franklin State statement which are basically trying to avoid um, uh, mistreatment of users by giving them control over their data. Uh, we point that out, but also point out the limitations to this. Right, that um, control over one's data is itself kind of a, an interesting term. Right, does that mean that one has access to to uh, that, that one has access to it? Probably, certainly, right. You want to be able to export it. What about uh, what about keeping other people from having access to it? Right, um, and there's this problem that in many network services, for example, there are legal requirements. Um, the government can show up and say, "Give us all of your data," and there's um, nothing that a third party can do. And sometimes they can't even tell the user that it's done. So making explicit that uh, even in situations where uh, a service provider has the best intentions, that there are real limitations to um, over what over what a, uh, uh, over what a user might be able to do. Um, uh, but 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 we end up uh, making um, I think all of the same uh, uh, in the current draft at least we're making all the same recommendations, but uh, but uh, in this sort of different way where we're doing uh, uh, making these sorts of distinctions and some, and, and prioritizations. So. Um, uh, uh, this is an ongoing process. We'll, we'll we'll see where it ends up. Of course, it's possible that uh, we'll hit a roadblock and uh, 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 we'll have to sit on this for a while longer. But um, I can say that uh, this that this issue, um, network services and software freedom, you know, insofar as it's an increasingly large part of the world of software use, maybe not entirely representative of people in this room. But I think um, uh, uh, I think that, uh, that that it is representative of the way that people are using software more broadly, and. And um, as a result, uh, the, it, this is an issue that, that the foundation, as an institution, the, the sort of the board and the staff uh, really care about. Because um, our goal, of course, is not to, you know, uh, is not is not limited to the way that we've produced software in the past, right? We're talking our issue. Uh, um, uh, ultimately, the Free Software Foundation is about empower, you know, technological empowerment. It's about it's about ensuring that users of software have control over their software, and the fact that it's. It's, it's, it makes things more complicated when people start using their software in very different ways or developing software in very different ways because it means that we have to rethink some of the things that we've been able to take for granted for a long time. Um, but uh, 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 this is certainly an issue that um, I and others in the FSF have been putting a lot of energy and thought into it. And um, I really look forward to continuing this conversation uh, both this afternoon. Uh, there'll be at least one, uh, at least one more talk on the, on the topic that's uh, uh, a lot more specific. And then uh, also... Um, tomorrow in uh, in the sort of unconference session, where hopefully we'll be able to make uh, some real progress on some of these uh, on some of these important issues, things like building distributed systems, or uh, um, so there's some technical there's technical issues, there's technical issues. I think this is something that the free software as a community can really come together as a whole and uh, uh, help help lead the path forward. So thanks for putting up with me <coughs> and my voice. Um, uh, I I hope to have uh, as much good news to report uh, next year. So uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if there's yeah, great. Uh, so let, let's see. So uh, who has questions? 
let's, um, uh, if we can, let's go here, 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 here. Okay, so yes. Oh, oh. If you don't have access to the network? Yeah, because you have to pay some that provide it all the time. That's where we need the real freedom. I mean, I can go on the road and not have to pay at all. I should be able to do it on the internet. Um, to me, that's the biggest issue. Um, I mean, I, I, it's, it's absolutely true that access to... Uh, there, There is uneven access to lots of public services, um, and I think that that is an important issue. I agree. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I, 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 absolutely, right? Uh, uh, yeah. That's a that's a that's a great point. All right. Uh, uh, yes, up here, and then then you next. So clearly, there are complications here and, and complexities that um, that go beyond um, this the simple software freedom issues. But do can you now, or do you hope to be able to? give something comparable to the four software freedoms? I mean, maybe there are like the eight network software freedoms or something. I mean, it would be really helpful to be able to ultimately boil it down. Of course, there are always going to be edge cases and complexities and significances. So, 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 so I think that um, um, that's, personally, that's, that, that's absolutely a goal of mine. Now, I think that the first, the, the most important, um, um, we started out, I mean, with explicitly that goal. It was like, great, we're going to bring together you know, like eight smart people, and we'll have the definition of uh, network freedom. You know, tomorrow. Um, um, and 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 what we and, and and what we realized early on was that that um, one important issue is that when we say network services, we're actually referring to a really wide variety of different things, right? So 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 I think that the most important steps that we've been taking in the last uh, several months has been has been um, being really explicit about what we uh, about what we. About, about what we mean by different by network service, or if one definition isn't actually um, uh, if one uh, if there's not a singular concept of network services that needs to be treated a particular way, maybe we need to break this up and treat it differently. The idea, I mean, like, like the analogy would be like that that um that that you know if we don't define what software is, right? Then talking about free software is is I mean, and there, there are people who've defined software differently, right, and have come to very Kind of confusing results when they tried to apply uh, issues of, of software freedom. So, 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 uh, uh, yes, it is absolutely a goal of mine to work to work towards that. That said, um, uh, it's 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 worth being. Uh, I mean, the, the FSF uh, definitions of what software freedom means in particular in particular situations carry a lot of weight, and it's something that we don't want to get wrong. I think that we're a lot closer to that this year than we were last year. Um, I think that we're making. I think that by by that, that we're able to speak very explicitly about um, um, with with explicit sort of statements about users who care about freedom in this context must reject software as a service, right? Um, at least as we're defining it in this situation, we're com- we're getting close to being able to make a couple to, to making several very explicit statements like that. And I think that as we sort of are able to. Um, wrap our head around the world of uh, uh, network services, we're going to be able to speak um, in terms like definitions um, about at least parts of these worlds, and I think that over time we'll, uh, we're, we're absolutely getting a better handle on that. 
So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, um, um, it's, it's absolutely a goal. That said, um, uh, we're not going to get it wrong. So uh, uh, if that means we take a little bit longer, it's worth doing that. There was, a, there was a, a question in the center first, and then there was a question here, and there was a question up there. Okay, yes? Have you given any thought to voting machines as an application? Some of the manufacturers are tired of them. The code is closed. You can't see what they're doing. Some of us are concerned that maybe automobility is a problem. Absolutely. In fact, not only I've given it, I've also written a uh, free software application for doing uh, voting, machi- voting machinery. So, um, uh, uh, personally. Uh, so, so yes, um, that's an issue that I care about a lot. Um, there, there are some important issues with, um, I mean, like, 